All right. Our order of service is on page 167 in the Lutheran service book. And uh, so I got that. Um, 167. Let me get that. All right, divine service setting two, and with that, we rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority. I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated as we continue with hymn 912, Christ is our Cornerstone. Peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord mercy. Father, peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Help, 
safe, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and light be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is a peace of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has become His reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. O oh God, from the minds of your faithful people into a single will, make us love what you command and desire what you promise, that amid the changes of the world, our hearts may be fixed where true joy is found. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. Good morning. The first reading is from the sixth and seventh chapter of Acts. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Pomenarius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose. However, from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. To this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me, you stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet who your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now that you have betrayed and murdered him, you have received the law that was given by the angels, and but you now have not obeyed it. When the members of the Sanderim heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up 
to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Again, the six six one. The second reading is from the second chapter of First Peter. Like newborn babies, crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. From the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, the stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they are destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. Once you were not a people, 
but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise for the hallelujah. Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Hymn 526, please be seated. and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we know that Scripture says that there are some who are to be apostles, some teachers. Oh. Some have different gifts, generosity, some prophecy, 
some love. All of these things are bestowed upon God's children by the Holy Spirit. And here we see, as you have a church beginning, and let me tell you, as somebody who's been a church planter, uh, it's always shaky. <laughs> it always is. Uh, everybody rejoices that people gather around to build a church, and then, uh, then somebody doesn't agree, agree with someone, and, and arguments start, and um, I guess I call it the bump. And that bump can be horrible if the children of God gathered around this new fledgling church are not unified in some way. It happens. And everyone has to make a decision. Because once something like this happens, I think there are several different people. There are people who... who want to straighten things out, and so they're going to stay. Then there are people who lose the argument, and they're going to leave. And then there are people who never got involved in the argument in the first place, and they either leave or stay. But God's glory is diminished, and the joy of planting a church is diminished. And I'm sure if you have, and you, I, I see a considerable amount of experience among you, you've probably, um, you've, you've probably seen some of these things happen in God's church. Well, it's no surprise that you have a beginning here and you have an argument. First, there's an argument amongst the Greek Jews against the church because the Hebraic Jews, the, the, the ones who have the background of Hebrew, are seem, seemingly are getting more food and more attention than the Greek Jews. And so the, the, the apostles say, all right, look, we have too much on our plates, um, and so let's choose some people. And one of the first ones they choose is Stephen, and Stephen is, well, St. Stephen, Luther, we call it St. Stephen's, but it's St. It's Saint Stephen, Lutheran Church, the first martyr of the gospel. And uh, Stephen is going around doing things, and he has a, a certain uh, je ne sais quoi, a certain, a certain spirit, the Holy Spirit, He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he dares to make signs and wonders, and we're not really um, privy what those are. It's just signs and wonders. In other words, he stands out. Once again, if you stand out in church and you're not supposed to stand out, that can be a problem, isn't it? And who says who's supposed to stand out and who isn't supposed to stand out? So, for whatever reason, you have Jews who used to be slaves of the Romans uh, in North Africa, around there, and uh, they were released, they were freed, and they started an argument with Stephen, and instead of, um, instead of Stephen de-escalating like a chaplain would do, Stephen, uh, well, you can see uh, he, he went after them, and, uh, and he uh, got them angry, and the Sanhedrin had already heard these things from Jesus. Um, too soon, Stephen? Too soon, maybe? He got them in such a lather that they rushed him. There was no deliberation. There was no court proceedings. There was nothing like that that happened with Jesus, even though Jesus was railroaded. And they murdered Stephen. Whose fault was that? Wow. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? 
if you choose, and, and we just sang a hymn, and if you look at, at the hymn, it's sort of encouraging us to, you know, like the martyrs before us, went, are, are you going to follow in the train? It's an interesting proposition, is it not? Would you like to stand up for Jesus to such an extent to where you annoy people that they want to kill you? I don't know if Stephen, a man full of the Spirit and that sort of thing, but also a young man who had just been put into service. I wonder if, if a little bit of the, the zealousness of his new job and taking it seriously drove him on to that. Now, not to discount Stephen at all. Stephen had his purpose, and Stephen fulfilled his purpose, and God blessed that because as Stephen looked up into the heavens... God blessed Stephen with a vision so that he could finish, much like uh, the angels came and ministered to Jesus as he was about to hang on the cross. But could it have gone another way? I suppose it always could go another way. And the head would spin as to how different Things could go. And I always get a little bit unedgy about, you know what, we need to stand up for the gospel so that we make a difference. And there's even you know, little comments that, that come out amongst the church encouraging those kinds of things. That if you were brought up to trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence against you to convict? In other words, are you acting like a Christian or aren't you? Are you um, men and women of God or are you mouses? What does the Bible have to say about these kinds of things? Because we really do need to listen to Scripture. Enthusiasm, sincerity, standing up for the truth, all of these things ebb and flow. Do they not? But what does Scripture tell us? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. That's why I keep repeating this. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It would be hard for me to see one of you loving yourself to such an extent to where you get in a, a knock down, drag out, fight with yourself. A person like that maybe needs to be committed. I think understanding God's love and how loving God is, even to people who, let's be truthful about this, people that we hate, is unexplainable indeed it is merciful it is it is all loving it is and why well we're given some some very very profound truths calling us all being as as we are built up into a spiritual household god's special possession and God is the one. You can't tell who a child of God is or isn't. We have a good guess because, let's face it, the Holy Spirit and God's way of doing things is a whole lot different than, other, than the world's way of doing things. So you have a good guess. But then there's those people, you know, saved by the skin of their teeth. And let's be honest, we're all saved by the skin of our teeth, actually, Better said, we're saved by the blood of Christ, not by our own works. But as we take hold of that and as we understand who we are and we grow up drinking spiritual milk and then moving beyond chewing on, on the meat of God's Word, we grow. And hopefully, we grow in wisdom, we grow in love, we grow in the ability to forgive. And it's not all about um, 
I don't know, like a team struggling and they just have to get up for this one game. And boy, if they can all get together and all try at once, boom, they'll win. And then after that, this will never be repeated again. It took a one-time thing. Hopefully, we can grow up to where we are. Consistent in our love, our forgiveness. And we're not tossed to and fro by winds of doctrine of men or by somebody in our ear saying, you need to do this or you need to do that and go get them. Or, or you know, are you crazy? Well, whatever happens, because our faith is our own. And who are we? Priests and priestesses of the Most High God. This is your position in this world. You have been bestowed at baptism. The Holy Spirit has entered you. The Holy Spirit is God. God the Holy Spirit is within you, counseling you. God the Son holds His arms out, blesses you. God the Father wills that these things are done. And as we walk, as we continue to go our way, we make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because this is God's will. Do we stand firm? Well, this is the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Of course we stand firm. And sometimes I think we're so used to standing firm that we don't really put enough thought into why we're standing firm. Or if we should stand firm. Or should we show love? And what does that look like? Is love negating the truth? If somebody is wrong and you kind of don't press on that and you press more on how God loves you and not what you did wrong, is that right? Is that wrong? Jesus hanging on the cross says, God, forgive them. They know not what they do. Stephen, while he is being stoned, says, Lord, receive my spirit. And as he fell on his knees, cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Not on Stephen's account. But was that sin going to be held against them? You see, another thing that we are told, that the church is told, is that whoever sins we forgive, their sins are forgiven. Whoever sins we retained, they are retained. I have seen situations where I have to check that. I don't think I've ever seen a situation where somebody's sins were retained. I have seen votes in voters' assembly that people, because they didn't come to church or whatever, self-excluded, right? I've seen that. But I've heard, I've had people come to me, and they quit that church, and they came over, and they said, well, you know, they, they had me stand up in their fellowship, and they uh, basically embarrassed me in front of everybody and uh, and um, that's what that person got out of it the person didn't get out of hey we're doing this because we love you that didn't float that well and um, and I've often wondered about those kinds of things about a church taking that Counsel from God, whoever sins you forgive are forgiven. Whoever sins you retain are retained. And I've thought to myself, what would Jesus do? Another, another, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, once again, we don't know a person's faith. 
But I can tell you this. When Jesus walked the earth, a smoldering wick he did not extinguish. A bent reed he did not break. Which are metaphors for people who are struggling in faith. In a smoldering wick, the flame is all is, is gone out pretty much. I don't know of I mean if you're if there's a hurricane and you blow out the candle and the wick is smoking, you walk away, do you not? Because it's considered to be out. And Jesus did not do that. Jesus is forgiving where we do not necessarily want to forgive. So what does that say about God's church? Does it maybe make differences in how we judge people, how we look at people and say, oh, that person's going to hell in a handbasket? What response do we have? Yes, because I don't like that person. Or should we be concerned and pray, Lord God, don't hold their sins against them. Not on my account. Not on what that person has done to me over the years and still may do. What does it mean to stand up for the gospel? Is it righteous indignation? Or is it Knowing within yourself that no matter what anyone does to you, like Stephen, who spoke the truth and for his words was killed. Is it any different when someone speaks words of anger to you and kills, tries to kill your spirit? Ah, it's interesting, isn't it? Our walk of faith. Signs, wonders. Is it not a sign and a wonder to forgive when a person doesn't deserve to be forgiven? Is it not a miracle? Is it a, not a miracle that we sit here today redeemed? Not only redeemed, but priests and priestesses of God's kingdom. How do we sinners reconcile that position? Do we deserve that position? And yet God freely gives this position to us and calls us His most treasured possession. God knows something that we don't know. And right and wrong even, sometimes in the eyes of God, is dependent upon the sacrifice that Christ made. Oh, to be sure, right is right. And wrong is wrong. But forgiveness and mercy, all of these things that God gives, seems to ward off the punishment for wrongdoing. It almost seems like Christians, if they choose to take it this way, have a blank check. I can sin. Because I know that Jesus suffered and died for me, and he'll cover it with his blood. Matter of fact, he already has. Matter of fact, he already knew I was going to do what I was going to do. I know Stephen wasn't that kind of person. And it's probably one reason why, and I wasn't here when the church was named St. Stephen. But I imagine this church looked at St. Stephen among all the other saints, among all the other examples, and decided that St. Stephen, who stood up for the faith and was willing to die for it, is someone that a Christian can look at and revere. They call it today respect. I respect that. 
He stood up for the truth. He distributed the truth, no matter how ugly it was. And he paid for doing so. Well, with all of that in mind, and it seems to be, you know, speak the truth, love one another. Yeah, the truth hurts. But the gospel soothes. Lutheran church, law, gospel, it never seems to go away, does it? It's a struggle. Now, I think it's good for us to have that struggle as St. Paul spoke of. He struggled all the time. The things that he wants to do, he doesn't do. The things that he doesn't want to do, that's what he does. And he finally says, who is going to save me from this body of death? Because he knows he's filled with sin. And then he says, thanks be to Christ Jesus. That while he is sinning and struggling, Christ Jesus suffered and died on the cross. For him. For you, oh struggler. And he sent Paul out. Who, you remember who Paul was? Did you, did you catch his name in the lesson today? See, when Paul was a kid, his name was Saul. And what was Saul doing? Saul was standing there and watching people's coats because no you know when you're at a good killing you don't want someone not walking off with your coat you know and he was standing there watching the coats while they killed saint stephen and then he went on he went on to be as as look as energetic as St. Stephen was for the gospel, St. Paul, dare we call him, or Saul was just as energetic for the church. How can they be in opposition? Until Jesus called St. Paul to account. And then the rest of his ministry, St. Paul had to kind of live that down, right? I, 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 was a, I was a better Pharisee, he says, than any of you. But at the same time, all of these righteous works I consider to be soiled linens. And I'm sure he sat in his darker hours and thought, how could I persecute Christ? And I didn't even realize it. I didn't know. You see, this struggle goes deeper. It's just like when you sit and you go, oh, I remember that time, you know, in high school when I said that thing and, I, you know, now I realize I must have deeply hurt that person and, you know, maybe that person's dead now and I can't, I mean, am I going to call them up and say, hey, remember? And they're going to go, hey, how you doing? And they don't even remember anymore, all of that stuff. You know, but the struggle is there, isn't it? Oh, I've said some stupid things. Stupid, stupid, stupid. But in the midst of all of that, Christ still sends us out as, as ambassadors. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's who we are, struggling and yet able to overcome because we look up to heaven and we see Christ crucified for us and we see his arms stretched out on the cross, but at the same time, we see his arms stretched out welcoming us. Please. Be confident that you are righteous because Christ is righteous 
on your behalf. That you are loved because Christ has spoken your name before God Almighty and has declared you to be clean. Just as you heard when you came in this morning and proclaimed yourself to be poor, miserable sinners. And then you received the forgiveness through my words, but through the authority of Christ himself, so that each and every one of you can hear, no matter what struggles you're going through, no matter what life you are involved in, you've heard that Christ forgives you because you showed up and you said, God, forgive me, a poor, miserable sinner. And Christ tells you, go, sin no more. <laughs> like That's not going to happen. But go out and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Why? Because you don't have to worry about going to hell. Because Christ has said, you're not. If anyone believes in me, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come forward. And therefore, you are God's beloved possession. Keep these words in mind as you continue to go about this struggle called earthly life. That you are indeed strangers here on earth and you are citizens in heaven where your names are written in the book of life. Because Christ himself wrote those names in there in his own blood. May God go with you as you continue to go with him. Amen. We rise to the Nicene Creed on page 174. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of every God, begotten not made, he knew the most of the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men, for our salvation, came down from Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, through the power of Christ's resurrection, you adopt all who believe in Him. Receive us as your newborn children and nourish our faith through the pure spiritual milk of your word that we may dwell in your presence forever. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you have promised to build up your church to be a holy priesthood, that your people might offer sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving acceptable to you. Bless your church and bring all congregations together. Bless all pastors who proclaim Christ to us. Bless church workers and those preparing for full-time church vocations, that we may be supplied with faithful leaders and servants of your word. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, build up the households of your people that your holy children, begotten in baptism, may grow in your grace and share together 
in your forgiveness and life. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, your power brought all things into being and still preserves what you have made. Bless our president, the Congress of these United States, our governor, and all elected and appointed civil servants. Lead them to honor you and your purpose, establishing order and justice, encouraging virtue, and protecting all life. Give them wisdom and moderation to lead for the well-being of the nation. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Heavenly Father, for the sake of your dear Son, who has restored all things by his cross, grant healing, comfort, deliverance, and peace to those in need. Bless the sick, the sorrowing, the anxious, the fearful, the homebound, the homeless, and the dying, and all who have requested our prayers, including the uh, long list that we continually have in our bulletin, and uh, Charita Kiffin, uh, who's going through some medical trials, um, Catherine uh, Alfkin, uh, who was, uh, is recovering from uh, a car um, accident, Scott Phillips, uh, who has cancer, and the families of Karen Riddle and uh, the family of Billy Fortenberry, both um, who have uh, recently passed. At last, give them entrance into your heavenly kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Father of the risen Christ, you have you give us the crucified and risen body and blood of our Lord in this holy supper. Let us taste that the Lord is good and continually grow up into salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your servant, St. Stephen, whom your Son has received into his glory. May we imitate him in faith and love to speak your truth with boldness, forgiving those who sin against us as Christ forgave his persecutors from the cross. When our last hour comes, let us fall asleep in him and be born into eternal life for the sake of him who was born into our flesh to redeem it, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We continue with the offertory on page 176. truly good right and salutary that we should at all times and all places give thanks to you holy lord almighty father everlasting god and most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your son jesus christ the very paschal lamb who was sanctified for us and bore the sin of the world by his dying he has destroyed death by his rising again he has restored to us everlasting life therefore with mary magdalene peter john with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with the angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Mm-hmm. 
Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us to do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. The same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Lord's table.
this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Strengthen, preserve, and keep you steadfast in truth that from now to life everlasting, departing his peace. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen through us the same in faith toward you and fervent love toward one another through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his favor upon you and give you peace. Uh Please be seated for the closing hymn, hymn 643. <laughs> 